Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen the day after the Eagles lose to the Chargers at the link here across the Jacob Media YouTube channel, all presented by Stateside Vodka. A lot of ground to cover on this the day after the Sunday loss uh, yesterday. But before we get in uh, to the game uh, and talk about – the defensive coordinator and the head coach and Jalen and all of that stuff that was relevant to the Eagles chargers, Johnny Mack, uh, the Eagles mourning a loss today. Uh, Mike Pitts uh, from the buddy Ryan era on this football team uh, passes away a young man, um, but passed away today. Yeah, I mean, always unfortunate. The Eagles announced that probably about a, a half hour ago that Mike uh, passed away. He was 61, I believe. Um, and, yeah, I mean, if, if you think for people that remember, um, was right in that late 80s, early 90s uh, Eagles defense, which was one of the best, obviously, in franchise history. So, I think he had Buddy and Bud Carson, actually, over his span when he was here. Just uh, a really solid player. Obviously, you don't think about him like you do the superstars the Eagles had. But, you know, he lasted over a a decade the NFL. So he's a really, really good player. And any time you hear that, it's always obviously sad news. Yep, no doubt about it. Well said uh, and uh, well stated. Um, Eagle fans will remember uh, part of that gang green uh, defense just because of the way they played. And Buddy Ryan may not have been uh, a great head coach, but he sure understood the mentality of the fan base. And he sure understood what it meant to be angry or to be aggressive, um, uh, you know, throughout his tenure. And I think, Today, John, I think the fans really do miss uh, some of that when you're talking about the existing or the current defense. 
Yeah, I mean, there's no question. I talk about with the running game uh, from the offensive perspective. I, 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 you know, I don't like, I say it all the time. I don't like the way modern football is played compared to what it was once upon a time, but you either have to accept it or you don't have to accept it. You got to be a realist or, or you can pretend you can't play the way Buddy Ryan played in that era. A, you'd get a flag every other every other play, um, and and you know the the game has evolved to where everything is tilted towards the offense, and you know the goal is more of. I always joke, it's you know when you face really really good quarterbacks, and the first half of the Eagles' schedule was loaded mm-hmm. with them. It's almost like the Arena Football League, the old Arena Football League, where you want to stop. You want a key stop more than uh, this mentality that you have to have a, a drop-dead great defense. It's it's really, you know, in the old, day, they, old days, they said defense was the one thing that traveled, and defense would beat good offense. Not today. Good offense uh, beats good mm-hmm. defense, and – if you have the best quarterback and you have a top tier and you bring your A game, it's almost impossible to stop. So, you know, the Eagles have had a difficult time, and we know the 80% completion percentage, 90% with Derek Carr, if you talk about it started with, you know, Dak Prescott, and you had Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, now you have Justin Herbert. You know, the good news is moving forward, you're probably going to have Trevor Simeon and Daniel Jones and Mike White and, you know, different types of quarterbacks. You've already seen this defense succeed against the Sam Darnolds of the world and and the Jared Goffs of the world. There's no reason it can't succeed against those types of quarterbacks. Teddy Bridgewater upcoming, he might be the best quarterback left on the schedule if Dallas shuts things down for week 18. So, you know, there's going to be a shift. I I would say don't get too upset. I mean, this team's not ready to contend, not ready to deal with the types of quarterbacks they've struggled with. And Justin Herbert, just, just the latest. I can tell you one thing that they didn't do in the old arena football league, Johnny Mack. They didn't play zone. And they didn't line up 15 <laughs> yards off the ball. Every one of those defenders was right on every uh, receiver from the time they broke the from the time they broke the snap. Even the man in motion, who was permitted to you know to begin his sprint to the line from 10 yards behind the quarterback, uh, was met by a defender right when he exploded and the football was snapped so uh and that i guess raises the question and uh of trying to understand johnny mac what we're watching i concede the point uh and you've made it many times uh this is a personnel issue uh that is dictating how jonathan gannon is operating as a defensive coordinator <clears throat> So given that, yeah, I mean, I think the most disappointing part is he was counting and a lot of people were, I count myself in the same category, counting on this defensive line to perform at a high level. And they haven't, they just haven't. 
Yesterday was a perfect example. Justin Herbert dropped 41 times yesterday. Um, wasn't hit. The one time he was hit, it was taken off the, the stat sheet, so to speak. It was Steve Nelson. It was on a blitz, by the way. Um, and they got penalized. The Eagles got penalized for it. Uh, look, when your defensive line is not performing and it's supposed to be we, we've been talking about this. Jody McDonald and I have been talking about this uh, really dating back to the summer when we said this team has a chance to be better than most people think because of two reasons, the offensive line, the defensive line. The offensive line has held up their end of the bargain despite some significant injuries and even some other problems like Lane Johnson's uh, anxiety and depression issues. They've held up pretty well, uh, and they've performed uh, certainly at a level that you would deem acceptable. I can't say, say the same thing about the defensive line. Anytime you lose a player like Brandon Graham, it hurts. Um, but, I mean, th this group has been awful. And, by the way, that includes Javon Hargrave over the past uh, three, four games. Javon got off to a great start. He's been bad as well over the past number of games. So if they don't get anything from the players they're supposed to get, remember that defensive line was supposed to, to help sort of mask the issues in the back seven. Well, they're not doing that. And then it just, you know, puts an ex exclamation point on the problems in the back seven. I mean, they can't get near the quarterback, any of them. Fletcher Cox, who has been a star in this league. Um, as we mentioned, Brandon's not here. Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, Javon Hargrave. Forget about the young guys. The young guys have not done the job. Ryan Kerrigan, uh, veteran sort of pickups, Hassan Ridgeway back again for another year. None of them, none of them have performed to the level that you expected. Not one. That's rare that that happens. With the exception of, say, the first five games with Javon Hargrave and, and before Brandon Graham got injured, they were playing at their typical levels. Uh, once Brandon went out, it's off a cliff. You want to point you, you want to point to what the issue is on the defensive side of the ball. Point it right at that defensive line. I don't know the context of how it was referenced last night in the post game i'm sure you were in the room uh covering the press conference i just heard the sound bite multiple times today javon hargrave um i'm not the defensive coordinator now i don't know if that was a question on something specific that was called or what prompted him to say that can you bring me back into the room do you remember the uh, do you remember the quote yeah yeah said? some people took that the wrong way Javon was asked about should you blitz more and Javon's a defensive lineman Javon just and anybody who knows Javon Hargrave knows he's a very understated guy uh he was just saying that's not my job that's not my job to make that decision I do what I'm told and he said, I ain't the defensive coordinator. A lot of people ran with a different way, uh, took the baton. It's not what he meant. He wasn't criticizing the defensive coordinator. He was telling the questioner, 
It's got nothing to do with him, whether they call blitz or not. But I did find it ironic that um, the Eagles blitz Justin Herbert on 12 of 41 drops uh, yesterday, 29.3%, highest rate of the season. Didn't get to the quarterback. So, I mean, you could turn 29% to 75%. If Fletcher Cox isn't getting to the quarterback, T.J. Edwards isn't. I'll tell you that. Davion Taylor isn't. Andre Saturay isn't. What do you, you know. see, John? I mean, I, you know, you're the expert. I'm just an observer. I mean, I think, I think of Fletcher Cox, you know, I think of the best defensive tackle on the team. I think of a guy that's done it in big games, you know, and, and, and he's nowhere to be found. And I just don't know how to, I just don't know how to explain it. And, and, and then you had, you know, bear with me for just a moment. Then you had the Fletcher from the podium, which perhaps was frustration. And then you had uh, right down to the trade deadline or right down to the wire, some smoke or some speculation as to whether or not, uh, Fletcher was going to be dealt at the, you know, right before the, you know, the trade deadline. I don't know how, I don't know how accurate those rumors, rumors are, or if they mean anything. I just know the guy who makes a lot of money because, and, and got the contract because he was so good at what he does is like not out there. He's out there, but he's not out there. And I don't understand it. No, he's not. He's not performing well. He's certainly not performing the way he typically has, as you mentioned. I, I mean, this is a six-time Pro Bowl player. This is a guy who made the All-Decade team in the 2010s. Um, you know, Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz were here for five years. I talk about it all the time. He was, you know, in those five years, he made five Pro Bowls. He was a three-time All-Pro. He made the playoffs three times. He won a Super Bowl. You know, if you want to criticize Jonathan Gannon for something, I think a legitimate criticism is um, playing some of the defensive linemen in, in, in techniques they're not comfortable with. Um Fletcher Cox doesn't want to play five technique. He doesn't want to play four eye technique. He had all that success with Jim Schwartz playing three technique. That's what he wants to play. That's why he was unhappy. And yes, the Eagles tried to trade him at the trade deadline. And I think actually the Bond Miller deal kind of complicated things because Denver was able to get so much in return. I think that kind of amped up the Eagles' expectations. They weren't able to do it. And now you're stuck with a player who's very expensive, unhappy. And, oh, by the way, he turns 31 in December. We always talk about this, you know, you know, 30 is a dirty word in the NFL for a reason. Um, guys hit a wall. Guys start to descend. Um especially players who played as much as Fletcher Cox. Maybe it's just as simple as that. Maybe it's just as simple as not the player he once was. You know, you can go all the way back to when Chip Kelly was here and, and Fletcher was asked to play five technique. He didn't have a problem with it. He didn't have a problem with it because he wasn't an established player. 
now I just told you what happened during the Jim Sports era. He became the second best defensive tackle in football behind Aaron Donald. So now he's got different expectations. He's saying what I just said. I'm a five-time Pro Bowl player. I'm a I'm a three-time All-Pro. I won a Super Bowl. Play me where I had that success. The Eagles aren't doing that all the time. He still plays three technique more than any other uh, position he's asked to play, technique he's asked to play. And, oh, by the way, he's not successful. So, you know, I, I always say you're not a star in perpetuity in the NFL. People, too many fans say this guy's a star, this guy's a big name, this guy's this, this guy's that. Everybody hits the wall. Maybe Fletcher Cox has hit the wall. Well, I'll say this and move on. It's one thing to hit the wall. It's another to fall so far off, to fall completely off to the cliff where you're unrecognizable a year later. Well, I I, I don't think it's, it's you know, I, I don't think Fletcher uh, of 2020 – was the Fletcher Cox of 2018 or 2017 either. It's not like it had, it didn't start before um, this as well. I mean, he started the descent, um, and he wasn't the same player he was. So it had already started. But clearly, I think you're seeing a combination of, okay, He's he's not happy and he's a descending player, and and that's kind of what happens. Um, but you know, if you use you know Pro Football Focus as as a grade, so go back to 2016. Um, Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Which is one Jim Swartz got here. Fletcher Cox was graded 7 of 127 defensive tackles in the NFL. 2017, it was 4 out of 124. 2018, it was two out of 112. 2019, it was five out of 116. 2020, it was 30 out of 126. So you see the start of the descent. 2021, right now, it's 41 out of 123. So it's not the precipitous drop you think it is. But it is a drop. Football 24-7 with John McMullen. The day after, uh, the Eagles missed a couple of opportunities yesterday and actually missed an opportunity to uh, sniff a little bit closer to that last playoff spot. Uh, they missed out on that uh, as well. More on that in a moment. One last thought, Johnny Mac, I want to ask you about regarding Jonathan Gannon and head coach Nick Sirianni. I heard the head coach today. Um, I'm not, I don't remember if I heard him in the press conference last night, but I did hear him today in his, uh, in his day after when he's on WIP in the morning. And I did hear him 
go out of his way, and he's done this many times before, <clears throat> to specify that he's the head coach. The buck stops at his door, whether it's offensively or if it, or or defensively or special teams. He's the head coach. So I don't know how involved uh, Nick Sirianni is with the defensive coordinator. Do you? Is he, is he, is he active? Is he engaged with him during the game? Is he, when they're, when they're back to work on Wednesday or Thursday, is he running the defense? Is he in lockstep with Jonathan Gannon? How does it work? No, I mean, if you're an offensive coach in this league, you know, you're sort of uh, um, a co-head coach almost. I mean, unless you're a CEO head coach, we saw it for years with Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz. I mean, Jonathan Gannon runs the defensive side of the football. Um, Is Nick his boss? Yeah, Nick's his boss, just like Doug Peterson – uh, was Jim Schwartz's boss. Um, you know, the head coach is in charge of the game management issues. You know, if you need to call a timeout, it's got to go through the head coach, things of that nature. But expecting the head coach, an offensive head coach, to run the defense, it's not how it works. Now, I've advocated CEO coaches. Um, I prefer them. Um, guys who oversee the whole team. But remember, when you have that type of coach, they're not running the offense or defense. They're they're running the whole team, and they're delegating from above. And that would be, if I were the owner of an NFL team, that would be my preference. Uh, that would be, but even those types of coaches, the Bill Belichick's of the world would be obviously the most notable. He's still, you know, so-called right-handed to the defensive side of the football is his dominant side. Everybody's got a dominant side. There are coaches though, you know, maybe John Harbaugh is the best example of this at Baltimore because he came up under Andy Reid as a special teams guy. He doesn't run the offense or defense. He runs the team and he's had tremendous success in Baltimore. Um, and by the way, if the Eagles could get him back, they probably would have got him back numerous times. Jeffrey Lurie loves him. But no, I mean, to ask, say Nick Sirianni's got to run the defense. No, that's not how the NFL works. Uh, very similar to what I said about, you know, people wishing for the days of Buddy Ryan. It's a modern NFL. I mean, you can't well, expect know, Nick Sirianni so, to run the defense. Not run the defense, but when he's standing on the sideline in a tie football game, begging and waiting and hoping internally to get one last shot to get the offense on on the field, and it keeps slipping away with each snap of the football – does does he does he get involved? Does he go over and say, "Hey, just let him score a touchdown so we can get the football back"? I don't know. Does he do well, any of that? Or I no? mean, if you want to go that route, yeah. I mean, he could say some strategy. I I 
you know, there's not many coaches, you know, when you're in a desperate situation um, and time is running out, you might say, okay, let them score. Let's try to get the football back. Let's try for a Hail Mary, whatever, you know, in a strategy type situation. You don't want Nick Sirianni's expertise is the offensive side of the football. You don't want him overruling a defensive coach. Look, I know Eagles fans don't have much respect for Jonathan Gannon right now. If the Eagles didn't hire Jonathan Gannon, Brandon Staley was going to hire Jonathan Gannon. And if Brandon Staley wasn't going to hire Jonathan Gannon, there were about two or three other teams that were going to hire Jonathan Gannon. The Eagles weren't on an island. They were on an island with Nick Sirianni. They were not on an island when it came to Jonathan Gannon. This guy is tremendously well-respected around the NFL. Um, Nick Sirianni would be the worst coach in the history of the world if he tried to tell Jonathan Gannon how to run defensive football. I mean, that's just dumb. I don't know what other way to put it. I mean, that's like Doug Peterson – that would be the same thing, Doug Peterson telling Jim Swartz, another person Eagles fans don't like, how to run the defensive side of the football. It doesn't make any sense. No, but when, you, I, when you're when you're the CEO and you're and you're in charge, and if the buck truly does stop at your front door, which you go out of your way to say any chance you get an opportunity to say it, and you start to look at the numbers, the analytics. And what's happening on that side of the football, at some point, I would think or assume that that invincible uh, reputation of being a great defensive coordinator comes into question. And it looks like right now it's in the question. Jonathan Gannon is people are starting to question whether or not he even knows what he's doing. Well, that's the emotion of losing, and that's the emotion of, of, of you know, poor performance. That's the emotion of lack of personnel. That's the emotion. You've already seen the defense work. You saw it work in Carolina to, to a high level. You saw it work in Detroit to a high level, um, you know, against obviously quarterbacks that aren't equipped to deal with some of the issues if it were just bad, you've seen Carolina win some football games. Uh, you've seen Sam Darnold succeed earlier in the season. That kind of gives you a gauge. If it were consistently bad throughout the season, then you might say, um, okay. Um, but, you know, I, I you always go back to Jonathan Gannon's um, – mentor so to speak uh and that's mike zimmer and mike zimmer is taking a lot of hits as a head coach right now probably you know not a good head coach but defensively i mean you go down his resume until 2020 it was ridiculous i mean it was top five defense top five defense top five defense year after year after year after year. Then he loses three cornerbacks in free agency. His best defensive lineman gets hurt, is out for the season. 
Uh, the other one leaves in free agency. His best two linebackers get hurt. Guess what? Bottom five defense. Did he get dumb all of a sudden? Personnel wins in the NFL. The Eagles have significant, significant issues on the back seven when it comes to personnel, most notably linebacker and safety. The hope was that defensive line could make up, and I go back full circle, could make up for those deficiencies. We all thought Fletcher Cox was going to be Fletcher Cox. We thought Brandon Graham was going to be out there being Brandon Graham. We thought Josh Sweat was going to have a breakout season. We thought Javon Hargrave was going to be an all-pro after the first three or four games. We thought Derek Barnett would have a decent season because he's on a contract year. Uh, We thought Milton Williams could be effective as a rookie player. None of them have lived up to the billing. None of them, except for Javon Hargrave in the first three or four games and Brandon Graham before he got injured. Everybody else doing less than they were supposed to do. Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen. Before we run out of time on this Football 24-7 Monday report, the day after, it's our Monday breakdown of Eagles Chargers uh, presented by Stateside Vodka. Don't forget, as the scroll tells you on the bottom, go to statesidevodka.com, use the key phrase Jacob, get 15% off of the very, very popular Stateside Vodka Soda. You'll get 15% if you're in Pennsylvania. Our good friends will deliver it right to your door. I want to ask you, John, about the offense. Go on the other side of, uh, go on the other side and get a couple of quick thoughts uh, from you uh, offensively. Um, you're not going to be happy with Krause, uh <laughs> when I make this statement. Um, but if I'm handing out a John McMullen game ball, which he used to do every day uh, back in the training camp portion. Uh, of our coverage here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You always gave out a game ball. I'm giving Jalen Hurts a game ball for yesterday. Agree? Uh, uh, I, I would give, if I were forced to give one on the offensive side of the ball, I would give it to Devontae Smith. Um Look, I, you know, when Jalen, to his credit, said this in his post-game press conference, look, I thought when they were down 24 to 17, that was the Eagles' best drive of the season to tie up that game. And I think Jalen Hurts was great on that particular drive. What Jalen said, and again, I give him credit, uh, you know, he never got the football back because the defense, what we had talked about, you know, allowed the Chargers to go straight down the field. Hopkins uh, kicks the field goal with two seconds left. You go back to the first half, though. The first 30 minutes of the football game count. When when Brandon Staley was given the Eagles opportunities, and, you know, you talk about the defense and say, okay, they didn't get to the quarterback. They didn't get any takeaways. Well, they kind of got two takeaways. And by that, I mean, they stopped the Chargers on fourth down on two different occasions. Yeah, and, what is that, yeah. and what does that accomplish? Those are those stops I was talking about. You just want to stop here. 
you want to stop there. And then there were the two throws on the Eagles' first possession. Dallas Goddard wide open for a touchdown. Poor throw. Devontae Smith, the only target he didn't catch should have been a touchdown. Poor throw. Let me ask you about that one, uh, that missed opportunity uh, to Dallas Goddard. Does Travis Kelsey make that catch? There's a better tight. There's a better tight end than Dallas Goddard make that catch. I mean, look, difficult catch. Very difficult catch. He's got his hands near it. Certainly on the football. There's a hope. It shouldn't be that difficult. I mean, it that you know, the Chargers had three tight ends: uh, Anderson, Parham. And I forget the third one offhand, but they had 11 targets, 11 receptions. You know, when a guy's that open, would you like him to come down with it? Sure. But there haven't been many tight ends better in football. Jared Cook, I can't believe. So Jared Cook caught four of four, Anderson four of four, Parham three of three. The guy's wide open. He's going to walk into the end zone. There's no way you can blame Dallas Goddard for that play. And his credit, Jalen Hurts isn't. I mean, that is a that is a poor throw any way you cut it. I'm not blaming Dallas Goddard. I'm just saying could a better tight end than Dallas Goddard, like I mean, Travis maybe, Kelsey, maybe. make a spectacular catch, which does occur. Receivers and tight maybe. ends make great maybe. catches. I, I would argue since Zach Hurts has been traded, Dallas Goddard's been a top fight five tight end in football. So there's not many, there's not been many better tight ends. Could somebody have caught it? Hey, maybe Tyree Jackson could have caught it because he's six, seven. I I don't, you know, I'm sure somebody could have caught it, but everybody should have caught it. Any tight end. Because the ball should have been delivered properly. That's the bigger issue. The far bigger issue. Good stuff on Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen. Right back to work tomorrow here on Birds 365. Uh, Is your partner uh, returning tomorrow? Rumor has it. I mean, we're all day-to-day. You know, he's in Key West. So who knows? Maybe he just decided. He might be loving life down in Key West, brother. Uh, Johnny Mac and Jody Mac tomorrow, Birds 365 on the Jacob Media uh, YouTube channel. That's my cue, uh, Johnny. Fire it up. Yeah. That's my cue that it's time uh, for me to say goodbye uh, and end this segment. Great stuff, of course, uh, from John McMullen and great work last night uh, on the live post game show. Johnny Mack, appreciate it, man. We'll uh, see you tomorrow on Birds 365. Thanks, Krause. All right. Good stuff, Johnny Mack.